This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast for Parshas Mishpotim. Okay, uh, last week we had Parshas Yisroi and uh, highlighting Horse Matan Torah <clears throat> and uh, one of the famous statements connected with the luchos, with the uh, tablets in which the says the dippers were given is that there was, it was, uh, there was a play on words of Horus al it was uh, inscribed on the luchos and uh, the same word is, is uh, modified slightly to give us the word cheirus, aleluchus, it's freedom, aleluchus. And this is, of course, a little bit perplexing because we think of um, laws as being restrictive as opposed to giving us freedom. Uh, it, it comes up, it's kind of a concept of freedom by restriction. There's some some kind of um, uh, connection between specifically limiting our options in some areas in order to attain a level of freedom of choice in other areas. Okay, so one aspect of this is what indeed is freedom of choice, which is, of course, the greatest freedom that we have to choose what we want to do. Um, and as the Moranaim brings up uh, many times, the idea of, uh, this is a, of a statement, im ein da'as meaning that how can we make a distinction between right and wrong, good and bad, unless we have the knowledge to be able to uh, understand what, you know, how to define good and bad and how to make those distinctions. So if we don't have the distinctions in what is good and what is bad, we don't have the intelligence or the, or the uh, uh, criteria to be able to make intelligence decisions, then how can we possibly have freedom of choice? We end up just falling back on our, on our instincts or our you know, animal soul, as, as we say. Uh, we're not taking advantage of our humanity and the unique uh, ability that we have to make uh, decisions in this area, unless we are uh, on a level to understand or we have the tools um, and resources available to make an intelligent decision, to have that das. Uh, and, of course, the, the argument is that uh, without the Torah, we don't have that uh, those, those resources to give us the possibility of making intelligent decisions. Um, so that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is that without... Um, the discipline and the training, so to speak, um, certain options are simply not accessible to us. I mean, anyone who knows, for example, uh, an astronaut preparing for a space flight has to go through uh, a rigorous uh, training uh, protocol in order to prepare himself for going into outer space without which he would be, it would be very dangerous for him and he would never be allowed to travel. So in other words, he doesn't even have the option 
to travel in space until he's gone through that kind of training. And that's true of many things, sports and, and uh, uh, anything physical, for sure. Um, a person has to have uh, the, the training in order to even have those options. Uh, and, of course, in the physical realm, there's also uh, many professions that a person can't have without the proper education, proper training. All these, in all these situations, a person has to buckle down and um, really work on something that takes away a lot of his uh, freedom to do whatever he feels like uh, in order to be able to be in a position to even have the option to be able to go into certain, certain areas that he wouldn't be able to otherwise. So obviously, in terms of having a uh, connection and access to spiritual entities and spiritual levels, which a person can't even know that they exist unless they're being told um, through the Torah that they're there and how to, how to uh, again, access them, how to exist in that environment, how to even perceive that environment, whatever. We just don't have those options. So when the, when the Torah is giving us the freedom to transcend all the physical uh, and attitudinal uh, things that are holding us back and, and restricting our freedom in those areas to actually be free to experience life uh, and, and the universe, the creation on a, on a totally different level uh, because of that commitment and that, that, uh, that uh, preparation. The, the word um, for preparation itself is, uh, is related to the word for chinuch. Chinuch is achuna, is we are, we are preparing ourselves for something. Uh, anyway, so... Um, so I wanted to talk about um, this concept of freedom in terms of this week's parsha, because in Parshas Mishputim, the first psukim uh, are dealing with the question of an evid uh, ivri and when that evid ivri has to be set free. And there's a whole issue here about what happens if an evid ivri is supposed to be set free after six years uh, of labor or you know various other ways to do it pays up the difference or whatever, there are ways of getting independent depending on who the Ebed Ivri is, if it's a, you know, a, a person under uh, uh, 13 or after, whatever, under, under physical maturity, whatever it is, there's different, different uh, distinctions made between different types of people and when they go free and how they go free. But in any case, the whole issue is going free. Now, if a person, what happens if a person is comfortable uh, being a slave? Whereas they have a good deal, they're uh, being taken care of, they like their master, uh, and even more so if, for example, the master, which he's allowed to do, with, uh, uh, if he's already married, he can um, give him an additional wife, Kanani, Kananis, it was a Canaanite woman, he's allowed, or a non-Jewish woman, he's allowed to give to the slave, um, the Jewish slave. And when the Jewish slave leaves that, uh, that position, you know, he's set free, he has to leave that uh, that wife and children behind, uh, which he might also not want to do. So, what happens if he uh, wants to stay? So, there that option is indeed given to him that he has that uh, and he's make a choice <clears throat> that uh, he can have this uh, his ear pierced, and uh, then he is giving up that option to go free after six years, and he stays until the oil until the fifty-year uh, celebration, whatever. Um, but it's not recommended, and in fact, it's kind of, it's very much discouraged for the Evid to do that, because it's said that, and again, in reference to just what we learned about last uh, last week, that the person that heard um, 
on uh, Har Sinai that we are slaves to Hashem only. We're not slaves to slaves. So a master is himself a slave to Hashem. And we're putting ourselves as a slave to the master, then it's a slave to a slave. And we're supposed to be directly slaves to Hashem in order to serve Hashem, you know, without any intermediaries, without any ultimate, you know, additional restrictions. Also, a slave is generally uh, restricted from doing, doing certain mitzvahs that he would be able to do if he was free. <clears throat> so, the uh, problem is, according to the Torah, is that if we're giving up the freedom that we were given, and we're uh, giving that up for the sake of some kind of uh, personal uh, advantage, some kind of uh, feeling that it's going to, we're going to have a better life if we are not uh, directly under in, in the service of Hashem. That's considered to be an extremely uh, problematic uh, attitude. It's not what Hashem intended. Hashem intended for everyone and gave us the opportunity to serve Him in a very unique way. And this is basically kind of denying that unique status of the Jewish people vis-a-vis -vis Hashem, that we're able to uh, have that direct connection and serve him Mamish, in, a, in a way that no one else on earth is able to serve him. Um, and to show that that's not important to the person, he'd rather uh, think of his own uh, personal uh, well-being or you know what, his own feelings or whatever to, to the exclusion of uh, what Hashem expects from him is a big problem. And that goes much deeper because it it goes to the very source of the idea of what is freedom, what is uh, what what are we here for, and what is truly the uh, liberating or enabling um, opportunity that we have to serve Hashem uh, in, in that direct way and have that unique relationship with Him. So, if a person doesn't understand that the real uh, tachlis, the real uh, <clears throat> the real uh, uh, progress that we can make or the, the, um, the idea to, to, you know, what are we striving for? How do we get to where we want to get to? Uh, is only through uh, increasing our, our uh, involvement with Torah and not diminishing it in any way that's going to take away those options that Hashem is giving us. So it's a very beautiful... Um, Drosha here from the Chernobyl Magid, where he talks about the idea that, among other things, he talks about the idea that the Shabbos is the seventh day of the week. And Shabbos is uh, a time of freedom. That's also the concept of freedom, of being free of all our worldly responsibilities, pretty much, um, and not having to work, not having to, uh, you know, be under somebody else's, again, uh, being restricted by somebody else's uh, uh, expectations or whatever, uh, and be able to serve Hashem totally, you know, 100% with the whole time. And that's really a, uh, a fore foretaste of Olam Haba, of the world to come, in the sense that that is going to be a time of total freedom to be together with Hashem without any other, anything else demanding, uh, you know, some, some kind of distraction where, where we're being... We're having demands placed on us from something other than that direct connection to Hashem. So the idea of, of the menucha, the, the rest that we experience on Shabbos, is uh, this, this total freedom, again, to be, to be totally dedicated to Hashem and be in His presence the, uh, the whole time. 
So he recommends here this a concept of um, of dedicating each day. Each day is, is considered to be one of the midas. So that's in, in the way that the midas and the spheres are expressed in time is through the days of the week. And also, you know, this, this idea of, of seven days is also, of course, the, the seven weeks in the sphere, and then the sphere of and there's the seven weeks, uh, the seven years of the uh, Shemitah, and the seven, the seven Shemitahs in the Oivel. All these are based on the idea of midas, the seven uh, basic midas. And the idea is that if we devote one day of the week, in, um, for example, Sunday would be Midas uh, HaChesed, and, and uh, uh, Monday would be Midas HaGvura, uh, and, and, and uh, Tuesday Midas HaTiferes, and, and so on, until we finally get to Shabbos. And then Shabbos is Malchus. Shabbos is the idea of being the Kabul, the old Malchus Shemaim, which is really the uh, culmination and the goal of, uh, of, of working on those Midas that we should be able to, to um, take on the Olm Chishmaim totally for ourselves. And that's, again, this idea of being totally devoted to it and rather than seeing that as being any kind of a restriction or a, a uh, disadvantage, it's, it's considered to be the highest possible level that we can attain in our lives. And indeed, the, the, whole, the whole point of, of, of life. Um, to the point where he brings down here this idea that there's a, there's a um, uh, Gemura that talks about uh, honoring a particular Tamlachochem or something uh, on the basis of his Yerushimaim or on the basis of his uh, the fact that he's about Urian. And the Urian is a uh, um, is a lotion of oil of, of light. So the idea of a person that's a tzaddik, a, a Tamlachochem, is himself radiating the with the, with the light of Hashem, and that itself is a reason to stand up for him because uh, of course he has to have the uh, the original midas uh, of, I mean, the, the level of Yerushchait that he has, obviously, fear Hashem. But that ultimately allows him, again, to attain his potential in terms of his ability to serve Hashem through becoming a Tamachochem, a Tzadik. And then he is, that, that becomes, you know, a reason for uh, honoring him in particular. Because then, at that point, it, through Yerushchait, and through the uh, the Torah itself, which the Yerushchid is also dependent on, he then is able, to, he, he takes on the Tzelem Elokim, which is the uh, ability to actually resemble Hashem himself and the and the, uh, the form, the ideal form that Hashem set up for man in, in, a, in certain ways to resemble Hashem himself uh, as being, again, the, the ultimate... Uh, um, ultimate goal to reach that alma de chiris, that, that uh, world of, of, of total liberation, of total uh, being liberated from, from all of the uh, physical and, and worldly restrictions that, uh, that life puts on us. Um, he also says here um, that at the beginning brings down that the yin were looked, resembled uh, chickens that are like um, uh, pecking at the garbage um, until Moshe Bani came and established for them a time for eating. It's not achila, he says. So the idea of, of achila itself is a uh, very big avoida. 
it's, uh, and it has a seder to it. There's, you know, there's, first you wash your hands, and then you um, uh, have to eat with brochas, and you have to finish with an after bracha. There's a, there's a way to do it, and it's in, in a masudidic way. And it says that, especially today, that the that we're not having the besamikdash, that the uh, sh- the shulchan, the, the, the table of a person who is eating, is is mechaper. It's it's uh, it's actually uh, brings a kapar for the person. It's a very very important function. So the idea is that in everything that a person does, uh, he has to have this concept of seder. That he's he's at the beginning he has to prepare his own das, his own his own uh, kavana, and his own intellect uh, to take on the fact that he wants to do uh, whatever he's doing in the way that's going to please Hashem and going to fulfill his rutzen. Um, and obviously the Torah instructs us how to do those things. And so the more Torah he knows, the better he knows how to arrange the things that he's doing in a way that's going to, that's going to serve Hashem. But if you think about it, the very concept of doing things in the Seder with a uh, particular order and that they should be uh, uh, done in, in, a, a, in a way that demands concentration also demands being, again, free of the restrictions replaced based on this by other sources. So this, 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 the person wants to do things with Yeshiva Das, he can't be constantly running after uh, something else that's dragging him in some other direction and, and, or being distracted by all kinds of other things that are, are uh, preventing him from doing these things with the, with the proper, the proper Yeshiva Das and the proper Seder. So, again, he has to first have an attitude which allows him to transcend these uh, these other uh, demands and realize what his priorities really are so he shouldn't allow them to take control of his life because we want Hashem to be in control of our life and not all these other other extra things that, that uh, we sometimes think are more important in, in, in our lives. Uh, so it's, again, putting our minds and our hearts and, and our uh, uh, the discipline... Uh, to be able to do what we really believe in uh, that takes priority uh, is, is that what allows us to bring the Torah into fulfillment and to ultimately fulfill our own uh, potential and, uh, and purpose uh, in terms of um, becoming a representative of the Yitzhak Melikim. So I think that's an extremely important uh, lesson to learn from the Pasha, and I hope that uh, everyone has benefited from it.